Welcome to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, brought to you by Visit Anderson, South Carolina, home of beautiful Lake Hartwell. The Rapala family of fishing products, including VMC hooks and 13 fishing rods, reels, and more, and the Bass Angler Sportsman Society. Now, here's your host, lifetime BASS member, Tom Abraham. Welcome to this week's episode of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. I am Tom Abraham, your guide for the next hour as we feature the Bassmaster Elite Series and those looking to get into that exclusive group through the St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series and the up-and-comers on the Strike King Bassmaster College Series and the tens of thousands of Bass Nation anglers around the country competing on the local level, all with a chance to advance to the big leagues of professional fishing. Our first cast segment of the show is brought to you by 13 Fishing, and we have a great deal for you right now. The Gerald Swindle Design Meta Series Rods and Inception G2 Reels are available at 13fishing.com along with all their other great products. And for a limited time, you can get 20% off your entire order by using the discount code BASSRADIO20. That's BASSRADIO20 only at 13fishing.com. Now, I fish these rods and reels myself and could not be happier. Get 20% off with the code BASSRADIO20. This week, we introduce another member of the 2024 rookie class of Elite Series Pros, Robert G. of Knoxville, Tennessee, making it by finishing fourth in the Open's EQ AOI standings in his first year on the St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series. Also today, we catch up with Elite Series Pro Chad Pipkins coming off an injury-plagued 2023 season and looking for a big bounce back in 24. And we'll get some technique of the weekend with him on those northern fisheries late in the fall. But first, we say goodbye to an old friend, Bass Digital VP Jim Sex who turned 65 this past summer and has turned in his retirement papers for the end of the year. Jim joins us now on the VMC Hook. And Jim, congratulations on your retirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, people are like, I've had people on Facebook, they're like, dude, you go fishing every day. Why are you retiring? Uh, and I'm like, well, that's not, I mean, I do go fishing a lot, but I, that's not my job. It's a lot of it's behind the computer and, and, uh, and that kind of thing with Bassmaster.com. But, uh, you know, it's still work at a certain level, even though it's really interesting. And, and, and some days it's even fun, which is a, a blessing, you know, honestly, not a lot of people can say that. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's time. I, I turned 65 this summer and uh, my wife retired recently and uh, we're going to get out there and figure out what uh, the next phase of life looks like. I've always said and told my sons in my career is that, you know, the, the, the key is to find something you love to do and get, figure out a way to get paid to do it. And uh, then it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a job as much. I mean, it's a it's something that you do and, and, and that you get paid for it. But I thought this whole retiring yeah. now, you're only two or three years older than me. I got to be honest with you. I thought this whole okay. retiring at 65 thing was like a rumor. I didn't realize that that people actually do that, you know, in this day and age, if, you know, all these people want to keep working and, and so on. So, you know, you're living the dream here, being able to step aside and, and move on to this next phase at, at age 65 with a lot of life left. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, let's hope it works out. I don't <laughs> run out of money kind of thing, but, uh, I think we're, I think we're in decent shape. I may still, still do a little bit of work. You know, originally my background is as a writer. I hope to still do some writing, whether frankly, whether I get paid or not, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to bribe James Hall into a couple of assignments for, uh, for Bassmaster yeah. magazine. So, we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. Write a book, maybe. You know, I mean, that's always a that's yeah. always a thing for for guys that have a writing past, yep. right? Write a book. Yep, that's right. I've got one in my head that uh, my son keeps tr- talking to me, trying to talk me into writing. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that too. I see. I think that a guy like you that's been around now twelve and a half years with Bass and has seen so many different things that have happened in the industry and in the in in the profession of the professional anglers. You could write a novel, you know what I mean. You could have like a, some yeah. fishing guy yeah. that is a professional fisherman as the as the hero of your novel, and you could write a novel <laughs> about this guy, this dude who who masquerades as a fishing guy, but really he's a spy for the FBI or something like that, CIA. <laughs> I think you just gave me the plot. Jim Sexton with us here talking about his impending retirement. Just talk about what you found when you got there twelve and a half years ago, and and what has happened in the digital field over that twelve and a half years. Uh, um, not to mention, you know, the transition in the company and coming from being owned by ESPN and and then you know and then and then going back into the different ownership group and 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 so on. Just talk about the way it's been this journey over twelve and a half years. Not even to mention what happened in the industry with the anglers, you know, uh, back in twenty eighteen. 
Yeah, gosh, what a what a wild ride it's been. I mean, I, I came into the job thinking I knew a lot about fishing. I grew up in East Tennessee, fishing the lakes and rivers around there, and worked in a tackle store in Yellowstone Park mm. for a summer. And so I, I thought I knew a lot, and I came in and I realized I don't know. I, I know ten percent of the of, of the fishing world, not only in catching bass, but uh, but also in in just the dynamics of the industry. Uh, so big, big, giant learning curve. But I I loved that. Uh, I mean, what what more of a fun topic can can you pick to to have to get go to school on in real time? And uh, so I came in you know shortly after Don Logan and Jerry McKinnis and Jim Copeland bought the company. Transitioned out of ESPN into our own platform, uh, the website. You know, the the web world was part of the ESPN platform. So we had to rebuild and, and relaunch and all that kind of stuff. And the finances were not good in those days mm-hmm. of the company. And so the first, gosh, two years at least, it was, it was uh, you know, get, it was essentially a startup company with a 50-year history at that time. It was not quite 50, but uh, we really had to rebuild everything, even like, you know, payroll and, and, uh, and those kind of simple things. So it was kind of a startup and that was fun. And those guys that owned it, uh, Jerry and Don, I had a lot of interaction with and man, you know, what a, what a wonderful, uh, treat to be able to get to know those guys. Uh, Don, a great business leader, a great business thinker. Uh, passionate about fishing and just an all around a plus human being. And uh, Jerry, I mean, same thing, just his passion for the sport. Jerry had lots of ideas and uh, just loved him and loved that. I got to know him uh, and uh, Jim Copeland, not as much direct contact, but also a business leader and, and really a smart guy. So the, those those years were really really special. Um, the split created its own drama, as as everybody knows. Right. It follows fishing, and uh, you know we had to rebuild the elite series and rebuild what we were doing in a lot of ways. And the thing I'm proud of in those years is we kind of you know we just worked on becoming the best version of bass that we could become, right. uh, doing the best job that we could do on the things that that, that we were we were already known for. But we, we all knew we had plenty of ways to improve, and so we really focused on those things. And then, really, the last, you know, the last three or four years, we've continued down that path working on, I think, what Chase Anderson and the Anderson Company brought to us is looking for ways to innovate and move forward in a way that's, that's more modern. And in the, uh, in the digital world, we, we've made good investments on getting onto great technology platforms and and making better products with things like Bass Track and leaderboards and AOY yeah. standings that are more interactive. So it's it's really, really evolved such a bigger role for social media. And um, so tons and tons of transition. And um, the thing that, that I've always kind of stuck to is the storytelling angle of it. I mean, digital is a different platform for doing that, but the stories in fishing, as, as you know well, Tom, the people stories, yeah. you know, the, the struggles, the success, the, the techniques that are new, the technology that's new that the anglers are using, there is just always, there are always so many stories to tell. And I, Steve Bowman and I will kid about this, not kid, but we'll sort of kick ourselves in the butt a little bit after, after tournaments and say, man, we left a lot of meat on the bone. There were a lot of stories we didn't get to yeah, because uh, yeah. we had to move on to the next tournament. So, you know, my core has always been the storytelling and uh, using the technology in a way to tell stories uh, yeah. about anglers, about fishing, about the fisheries we go to and the communities that host us and it's been a it's been a, a, a real real treat. And uh, the one doing. the one thing that has changed too is in in the way those stories are told. We are such a shorter attention span type of uh, 
you know, uh, people nowadays, it's like, you know, if it's a video, it's four or five minutes and then you're going to lose them. If it's a written word, maybe it's 800 words where it used to be, you know, a couple of thousand words. And, and, you know, it's, if it's a four or five minute yeah. read, you got them. I mean, we, we do that in our industry now it's become, you know, eight to 10 minutes is about the inner interview time. It used to be, you'd do a show and you could do a whole one hour show with one guest and spend all of that time. But now, you know, the listener and the reader and the viewer, they want you to move, you know, they want you to keep moving on. And you guys have done a great yeah. job, I think, with that at best. I enjoy like the Tackle Tip Tuesday stuff and and all of mm-hmm. those types of things. Four or five minute, boom, in and out. And uh, and you've done a tremendous job embracing that at the site. Yeah, well, thank you. And I, I've been pushed or at least listened to the young guys on my team. And that that's that's people like Kyle Jesse and mm. Ronnie Moore and Tommy Sendek now who will say, uh, we ought to be doing this and we ought to do this this way. And I give them a lot of rope to figure out and try those things. And, you know, that typically pays off uh, as a manager. When, when people have a passion for an idea, they do their best on it. And uh, so we, we hit a, we hit a point a couple of years ago where it's like, what can we do differently with our college series? Cause there's a lot of interest in it and we needed some different types of content. And I turned to those guys and said, come up with it right. and tell me what we ought to do. And they did. And we've got several new content franchises for those series that they came up with that are sponsored now and doing a good job of promoting the college series. No doubt about it. Uh, Jim Sexton has been our guest. Jim, we wish you the best of luck in retirement. Hopefully our paths will continue to cross down the road. I'm not retiring anytime soon. I didn't, I didn't know I could do that, but uh, we'll continue <laughs> the conversation and I appreciate everything you've done for, for me as well and the opportunities you've given me at the Bassmaster.com. Thank you, Tom. Have a great day, and I uh, hope our paths cross, too. I look forward to it. All right, thank you. That's Jim Sexton. Coming up next, it's time to meet rookie elite Robert G. on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me, it's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Five fish for 22 pounds even, becoming a two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year. Hi, I'm Gerald Swindle, Bassmaster member. I don't care if I'm in California, Oregon, or France. If I see a bass sticker in a window of a truck or a car, I got something in common with that person. Why don't you come join me and you be a member? Get these free gifts when you join today, a $50 value. Go to Bassmaster.com slash join and become a member of America's leading bass fishing organization. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G-Man. This is the same gear Gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at Lake Fork last season. Look for them this spring. The 2024 St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series is set to be the biggest ever. From increased payouts for the pros to Bassmaster Live coverage of Championship Saturday for all nine events, the 2024 season promises to be great. The top nine EQ anglers will once again punch their ticket to the Elite Series, and event winners earn a berth in the 2025 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic, providing they fish to three events in a given division. And for co-anglers, this is the best value in all of fishing. $475 to fish two days with a pro, and you are 
are competing only against other co-anglers for a tremendous prize purse as well. Registration is now open, but you have to act fast to get your spot locked in. This year's schedule will take anglers from Florida to Minnesota and many great destinations in between. Plus, the off-limits restriction has been reduced to two weeks, so you don't have to lose much time on your home waters. For more information on the St. Croix Bassmaster Open schedule and registration, plus payouts and other key information, just visit Bassmaster.com and click on the tournament tab and then select Opens. See you on the water. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Speaking of Phoenix Boats, let's talk to a Phoenix guy in our Meet the Elite segment. Robert G., um, he decided to go ahead and fish the Opens this year and this year only. This was his first shot at it. He's out of Knoxville, Tennessee. He's a a Tennessee ball. He's a Tennessee ball graduate. He fished the nine opens, the only nine opens he's fished in his life, and all he did was cruise to a fourth-place finish in the AOI standings and earn himself a spot in the elites, and he joins us now on the VMC Hook. Robert, welcome to the show. Congratulations on making the elites. Thank you very much. I'm I'm glad to be here, for sure. Um, I appreciate it. When did you, in the season, when did you think that, you know what, I'm in really good shape here to make this? When did it start hitting you? After you follow, when you finish seventh? Or, you know, when was it that you felt like you were dialing in on this thing and, and, and then you had a great shot? Yeah, right after the you follow top ten, um, going into the St. Lawrence tournament, I was really, I really, it was like, okay, I have a shot for sure. And I have, to, if I just, if I just keep cashing checks, through, just keep it on going through the season. I'll make it. And um, so at St. Lawrence, that was really the biggest tournament I had the most nerves at because I was like, this is going to make or break my season right here because of how long you have to make those long runs at the St. Lawrence River to to uh, kind of swing for the fences to catch a above average size bag. So that was really where the, when the nerves hit. And that first day, man, everything you could think of went wrong. And somehow I, I survived that day. And and after I survived that day, my confidence level just went through the roof for the rest of the year. And, and now I'm here, and it's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. About. Yeah. Uh, you cash checks in for the first five events. And just so that our listeners understand, this is not like the Elite Series where basically half the field, you know, make the Saturday cut and you and you cash the big check. Uh, you got to finish in the top 40 out of 200, 225 anglers to cash a check. So your finish is right out of the gate, 16, 79, 24, 20, and then seven uh, at you followed. This is a thing. I mean, you know, it's not that easy. You understand that, right? I mean, this is not as easy as you made it look. No, it's not easy at all. But I, um, going into the season, like – I, I was still in college going into the season in the first <laughs> tournament. I, I was still taking classes online, trying to get my degree to graduate that in that May. And um, I was like, I, I didn't have a job. So I was like, I have to cash checks to make money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That was really my mindset through this year. Like, I've got to do anything it takes and just swing as hard as I can to try to cash checks. And I figured if I cash checks in most of the events, I would make it. Yeah, you would. I mean, you know, you ended up finishing fourth, and your highest finish in any one tournament was fifth at Lake of the Ozarks. But um, so, so the plan was for you to get your captain's license and to guide on the Tennessee River. You're you're a Knoxville guy, so you're a Tennessee River rat up there at the head of the Tennessee River. But um, you know, you know these lakes well. Do you have to put that, though, on the back burner now that you're an Elite Series pro that's kind of a full-time gig? I mean, some of the guys, you know, Lee Livesey and a few others, they still do some guide trips and so on uh, in between. But, you know, this is pretty much a full-time gig now. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to kind of put it on the back burner, but I'm still trying to get my captain's license right now mm-hmm. to uh, to do some guiding in between events because I really, I really am trying to stress that, like, competing against the best of the best fishermen you have to stay on the water and you can't ever if you ever take breaks that's when you get out of the the rhythm of being a a very successful angler because once you once you take time off you you're out of you're out of your game and i I really like to uh stay on the water as much as i can so my my instincts stay stay up Mm -hmm. and um i've seen a lot of success just 
staying on the water like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Robert G. with us. He is uh, one of the new class of elites that will be competing in 2024. He'll be doing it out of a Phoenix Elite twenty or 921 Elite with a Yamaha on the back of it, part of Team Yamaha uh, running that. You know, our, our Bassmaster Radio Studios are only about two miles or so from the factory of Phoenix. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, you just keep you're adding to the list of Phoenix pros that are out there. It's incredible. 23, 24, 25, something like that. Basically about a quarter of the pros now on the Elite Series running a Phoenix. And, uh, you know, you'll be running at 921. I run a PHX. Uh, both beautiful, beautiful halls, and um, you know it's going to serve you well out there. I mean, there isn't a there isn't a platform out there I think that's better for professional fishing. Not at all. Uh, I really I've, I've fished out of the, my nine twenty I have currently uh, the past two seasons. The last year I fished on the college series, and then this past year on the mm-hmm. open, first year of the opens, and it I, it performs flawlessly. It's it's truly the best boat ever made. Um, just from the the uh, speed, the rough water handling, and just the fishability of it—it's it's truly amazing. Um, I I I really like how uh, it's just so low to the water, and like with in the Bassmaster tournaments, how you have to land the fish, like the bigger fish on the side yeah. of the boat. It really it really uh it gives you gives anglers an advantage of when you're trying to land a fish on the side of the boat, which I really think helps in Bassmaster events too. And yeah. but. Just the just the rough water handling and the quickness of it. it there's really no other boat made that's as good as it. Well, and, and having a guy like Gary Klaus, you know, a noted pro himself, you know, be the uh, the owner of uh, of Phoenix and the founder, you know, that he he just he understands exactly what fishermen need, you know, and I think that's a very important exactly. thing as well, right? Oh yeah, for sure. He understands exactly what professional anglers need, and that's exactly what a Phoenix boat. Like I described to people. It's it's exactly everything a fisherman needs, like from the switches at the panel to yeah. just to the layout of the boat. It's it's truly a piece of work. It's a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Robert G with us here. Now you were a noted baseball player as well, high school baseball player on a state Tennessee state championship baseball team. You were a catcher. Is it true that you caught Spencer Strider at one particular point in time? Yes. Uh, so. Actually, me and Spencer Strider, uh, we grew up together. Oh, wow! Uh, playing baseball from, from I'd say since we were like eight years old, and we uh, so I caught Spencer Strider all of high school. Uh, I played on. We won two state championships together, and um, it's pretty cool to see his success now in the major leagues. But, but yeah, I was I was the uh, I was his catcher on our varsity baseball team in high school for two two years, and it was pretty surreal just being in high school with that caliber of an athlete, just seeing all the professional scouts that would come to our games yeah. and be behind me with the radar guns and stuff like that. It was, it was really cool. And that's, that's really, uh, I feel like that, that sort of stuff has helped me just like, mm-hmm. uh, with my nerves and stuff, like being on a stage like that in front of major league scouts, catching a guy that's that cal that caliber of an athlete and seeing the, the work, ethic he had to get to the level he is now just just really uh it's it's helped me uh in my career in fishing just like seeing how hard he worked i've got to uh try kind of kind of go at do what he did there you go but in the fishing <laughs> side just like put as much work in it as he did in baseball and throwing as hard as he does you got to tell them to say, cool. say you got to get the Braves to kind of sponsor you. You know, you get that Braves logo on the side of the boat. You know, that'd be kind of cool as well. Know, get some non-endemic sponsorship sure. there. You know, and, and you join a number of, of elites that are former athletes in other sports, which I think does help guys. Brock Mosley was an outstanding baseball player. I know Garrett, Gerald Swindle was a, uh, a, you know, a very good athlete. Guys, uh, several guys that played football and things like that. I think that that helps in your competitive nature, you know, out there on the, on the tour. For sure, uh, yeah. That that's one thing. I, I'm I'm very comp- a very competitive person. So that's that's what uh I, I don't smack talk or none of that. But I just I just like to compete. That's mm-hmm. that's my favorite thing to do. And once uh I didn't really get any big Division One offers out of high school for baseball. I was like, I need to find something else I can compete at at a high level. So that's when I put all my all my efforts into fishing. Cause I uh, saw saw a way into the future 
of competing professionally in fishing. So I, I went to the University of Tennessee to be on their fishing team instead of and, and declined a couple college baseball offers that were at like the D2 level. Yeah, and they so play pretty good baseball at Tennessee. Yeah, Tony DeVitillo and those guys, I mean, you know, that must be that must have been fun just watching those guys uh, compete the way they do. That's a, it's a pretty a pretty salty baseball program they got there. For sure, it it is. It's 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 awesome to watch them compete. Actually, at a high school, it was kind of wild. I uh my uh, high school coach got in touch with the former Vitello yeah. was he just got hired right after I graduated. But right. the coaching staff before him were going to offer me a walk on position to nice. be like their walk on catcher. Right. But uh, I, nothing really came about after the coaching change and all that. But that yeah, that was well, pretty cool. You certainly made some uh, made some hay in your one and only season on the opens, and now off to the elite series. And I know that you're going to do great. I mean, you just look at your record on the opens; you're going to be a formidable uh, guy on the elite series. Robert G had been our guest, and uh, man, I appreciate you. Go out there and uh, do your thing, make the Phoenix boys proud, and uh, we'll look forward. You know, oh, yeah. uh, winner top three of every elite event comes on the show, so hopefully, we'll be talking again. Okay. Yeah, I hope I hope I get to talk to you a few times. To be honest, um, <laughs> there you go. Thanks for having me, though. Uh, good stuff. I really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations. That's uh, Robert Thanks. G. And uh, I, t- I tell you what, I think this kid's going to be outstanding. This class of rookies is amazing. All right, we get a break in here. We'll come back with more right after this. It's Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Squarebells, and the Shad Wrap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high-quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinnerbaits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com. And start catching more fish. Tom Abraham here from my friend Brian Hamaker and his team at North Alabama Mortgage. Look, buying a home is the biggest purchase you will make in your life, and it can be a bit intimidating, so you want people that can help walk you through the mortgage process and get you the best deal possible. That's what North Alabama Mortgage does, and they do it in Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida, from first-time purchases to refis, conventional, VA, FHA, and USDA loans. They have the solution at North Alabama Mortgage. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com to to learn more. That's NorthAlabamaMortgage.com. There's so much to do, see, and experience in Anderson, South Carolina. Plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to Lake Hartwell. Boating, fishing, hike and bike the nearby trails, experience some history, and after, enjoy the numerous restaurants, shops, and experiences Anderson has to offer. Visit Green Pond Landing right there on Lake Hartwell. Perfect launch point for pleasure boating, fishing, kayaking, or just a nice walk beside the water. Come see why Anderson is called South Carolina's Bright Spot. Check it out at visitanderson.com. That's visitanderson.com. John Cruz and Missile Bates have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Bates to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Bates. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Bates is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to MissileBaits.store to learn more. That's Missile Bates. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now a chance to talk to an Elite Series pro that, look, he had an off year. Battling injuries all season long, did not have a typical Chad Pipkins year, and he's looking to bounce back big in uh, in 2024 with a great year. This segment of the show, by the way, brought to you by our good friends at Visit Anderson and Lake Hartwell and Green Pond Landing, which is about as, as good a facility as you could possibly have, not only for tournament fishing, but for just uh, any kind of uh, any kind of fishing. And of course, Anderson is just a beautiful place as well. And I know Chad Pickens has had some good success down there as well. And he joins us on the VMC Hook. Chad, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. And that, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Lake Hartwell, that is when I got out of my little slump and I bummed up my collarbone in 2019, fresh off the broken collarbone. Could only lift five hands. Couldn't even lift my left hand that lift fishing mode. I had to switch hands and it was with a wacky worm there. 
when the lead series came back, man, I finished like six or seven, had the top ten, and had the best year I've ever had. Uh, actually, that year. So I'm hoping you just got me in the vibe for 2024 because we are due to get rolling. You are due to get rolling. We'll get to your injury in a in a moment uh, and, and talk about that too. But you know, Harwell is the first place I saw forward facing sonar fishing it open there as a co angler, and uh, and it was with Justin Hammer and uh, Hamner. Um, who at that time was uh, still an opens angler, and now, of course, he's uh, with you guys on the elites. But it was the first time I saw it in action, and I was like, I was blown away. And I've been around a minute now, man. I mean, I stopped, my first boat had a, had a flasher on it that flashed red for hard bottom and green if it was a soft bottom. And so that's how long I've right. been around. But um, I was blown away by the whole thing, and it has taken the fishing world by storm. What is your take on it from a competitive standpoint and from, you know, from using it and just how effective it is? Oh, for sure. It's funny you say that because literally like years ago, all we had to do was duct tape a forward, a, a regular sonar thing on the front of our trolling motor. And we could have mm-hmm. had something before. It wouldn't have been good, but you could, like at Hartwell, you could have still seen those suspended fish. Like there are places where it is 100% the deal. Lake St. Clair is the best place in the world for it. Yeah. Flat, nothing, no structure in the way the fish suspend. And it is unbelievable how much you can see. And there are days when you will catch every, every one you throw at. And there are days where you want, will want to jump off the boat and go down there to see if they're bass because everyone will swim the other way. What it tells you is it tells you so much about the fish, um, the moods, you know, what they bite. It tells you how terrible we are at fishing because, it, you know, there's people out there, you all know who they are, that might compare them to, you know, shooting deer at night. This and that. Like, yeah, yeah, if you were just shooting them with something. That's nothing like that. You still have to trick them into getting the bite. It is a tool, and it is a tool that is not going away. It's like a roofer that used to use a hammer. Well, they came out with a nail gun. Guess what the roofer's going to use? He's going to use a nail gun. That's how you get the job done. There's still cases where you might use your hammer. You know what I mean? And the difference is, like, technology, you can't – maybe you want to limit it. So, like, there's guys that got two off the side, two up front, a long one, a short one, like – Maybe Bass says, hey, you can have five screens, 60 inches, and you get one forward sewn argument. I wouldn't mind that at all. Like, that's, that's legit. But, but you, you can't limit, you know, like say, hey, you can't do this anymore. That's like saying, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Hackney. You can't throw a jig anymore. You practice fishing a jig your whole life. You can't fish a jig because you caught too many bass in a jig. It, especially with the kids now, like, that are growing up, like the, the collegiate fishing, the high school fishing. Like, that's, the, the probably, that's probably the technique that is – Somewhat the most versatile. I mean, you saw guys um, this year that, you know, just basically just relied on that. And then you go to Florida and, and it doesn't happen because they tried to make it work in some places. And it's just one of those, like, if you're a young angler and you're trying to get good at a skill set, that's probably a skill that could be that you could make work in a lot of places. So it, it's not fair to those guys if you were to take that away. You'd almost have to phase it out. Yeah. The other thing is it's a big – fishing is a business. We're out there promoting products new lures, new electronics, like that's a huge industry. You're, you're going to say, nope, you did too good of a job at this and uh, nobody can use it anymore. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> I, I like it, your thought. With it. Yeah, I like your thought about limiting. It. Yeah, I like your thought about yeah. limiting it. And I'm trying to figure out how, you know, some of these guys who have multiple ones on their boat all the way around the boat, and how does that work? Because to me, it's like it only works if it's on your trolling motor. I don't know how you would be sitting in your cockpit. Uh, educate us on that. What kind of a, where, where would the transducer be, and how would you move it around if you're sitting in your cockpit and looking at forward-facing sonar on your screen? Doesn't it? Isn't the transducer only on a tro- on a trolling motor? It, it, I, I've heard other things too. Like I've, the guys up front, some of the other guys have um, like a saltwater version and a freshwater, so they can see further with one, and then they dial in and then can go towards that. Like maybe they can see out three hundred feet with one, right. and then they can go in that direction if they see stuff. And I've heard on the sides of the boat while driving, like side imaging is absolutely amazing for seeing structure, for seeing fish, but it still doesn't see like suspended fish real well. Like right. occasionally you get a good shadow. But depending on what the bottom's doing beneath that, like if you're looking down, like if you're on top of a bar and driving down the bar, it's deeper off to the side, you'll get a good shadow and really see those fish suspended. If you are on the edge of a bar, which is what we often do, and you're graphing up and those fish are sitting in four or five feet of water, you don't see them very well. Like it just, the the echo, it's usually a harder bottom, so the shadow is not as strong. In that case, if you had some sort of forward sonar off to the side, it would, it would really allow you to see suspended fish better. And I think that's what some guys are utilizing it for. I don't know because I, I don't do that. we got enough things to look at. I find enough fish every tournament to catch. It's just whether you can catch them or not. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's a great it's point. It's not always easy. 
Chad Pipkins with us, Elite Series Pro. When Hummingbird was uh, was uh, rigging my boat, they, they said, you got a choice. You can have 360 or the forward facing. Which one do you want? And uh, I actually called Mark Zona. <laughs> I said, which one do I want? And and I'm kind of a shallow water power fisherman. And he said, get the 360. And that's what I did. So I got and the 360. I, but I think I got I think I'm going to have to get the forward facing. now. I just don't know that I have enough time on the water to, like you guys do, to really learn it because i think it takes a minute but 360 is fantastic too 360 i still use 360 more day in and day out uh, for targets and its angles and stuff and it, it's it's again they're all tools and uh, like you want them on because every tournament if you're just if shallow or not like i'm gonna catch a couple fish because of 360 and i'm going to catch a couple fish because of forward facing sonar does that mean i'm just staring at my graph the whole day no but it, like you utilize it everywhere like if you if you ever wanted to get forward sonar and learn it Come to Lake St. Clair, and that is the place you will get destroyed with a bunch of shallow water grass and stuff. Like, it's not as big of a deal. You know, yeah. It depends where you're at. Talk to us about these uh, lures that we've been seeing now being made that are specific for forward-facing sonar, uh, more tungsten heads and things like that. Is that is that gimmickry, or is that is that real? I mean, is there certain lures that are better to use to be able to reflect back on, from the forward-facing sonar? Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I, and I don't know the, the science behind all of it, but some of them echo back further. I don't know about like the creams and stuff. I still haven't got to play with that yet. Yeah. There are definitely baits like tungsten is the one that has a really hard echo. So if you got a tungsten head, you can definitely see that better. Um, as opposed to like, if you've got a soft lead head or just different plastics too, like you don't see a certain plastic well. And, and there's another bait that's small. It's just got a really hard dot and, and, and you see those well. And obviously that's huge. If, if you get a little bit of wind or, you know, waves, you know, that kind of thing, or even current where you're trying to turn, like you can lose your bait, but if you have a bait that's you're able to see better, you know, it makes you a big difference. You can check that cast. You can see if the fish is following. I mean, when it's calm and perfect, it doesn't matter. You know, you can mm-hmm. see how those fish are reacting. You can see your bait, but when you get any of those other, you know, deal, deals that can get in the way, whether it's wind, current, whatever, it, it can be tougher and you want to have everything in your best interest as far as, you know, to make stuff as visible as possible. Uh, Chad Pippen's talking about forward-facing sonar. So how do you decide where to start? I mean, where do you get out of the cockpit and jump on the on the bow? You have to, do you first look at likely places, long points and humps and other things that you've marked, and then you start with the sonar? It's not like, you know, when you're watching on TV, it's like you guys just are out in the middle of nowhere and you just drop the trolling motor and you found a school of fish. What, what do you look for first yeah. before you drop the trolling yeah, motor? Yeah, yeah, sometimes the user at home doesn't see the, the 41 hours that went into fight, and that's what they, oh, they're just catching them every cat. Well, you didn't see that somebody practiced for 40 hours and found a group of fish that somebody else didn't find, you know. And what bass needs to do, though, is they need to figure out, and, and Humminbird has that, I know, with um, their, I uh, can't even remember the name of the graph, because the Apex series. Like, you need to right. be able to see the screen that we're seeing. That's what's going to make all this go away. Like, trying to have four forward-facing sonar events in a row, <laughs> Um, cause people get bored with it. People get bored of sight fishing four in a row, you know, so mix it up. And then, but if people can see what the anglers think, it is exciting. Cause then you, they're walking you through the process, like getting the bait to follow switching baits, then they know what's going on. And that, that's a big deal. And for us, you mentioned, you know, you just put it that the trolling motor down. It's very situational at, at, at like a Tennessee river place. You do not just put your trolling motor down. you got to go out and graph, you know, the front, the bars, the backs, the turns, the little swings. And, and, and you're looking like that, and then you put your trolling motor down, and then you use that to, you know, line up that perfect cast. Yeah. On places like St. Clair, there are times, like, I graph, but there are times when you're better off just putting it down and zigging and zagging. Typically, like, that is just such a, a rarity there, like that lake, because it's almost featureless. And that's why you can see so far with the forward-facing sonar and why it's so effective, because there's not a lot there. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so much better because there's no contour to drive. You literally, I'll find the best success I've had there is driving at like 15 to 20 miles an hour, just doing loops and like quarter mile, half mile and zigs and zags and looking for something that changes. Because sometimes it's, it's an eight inch rise or depression over a half mile where the, then the grass changes The grass gets a little taller or shorter. And you can't see that when you're idling, you can see it when the, when the grass is flat and it just slow rise. And then I'll, I'll fish around that and make, you know, quarter mile, half mile drifts and casts. And, yeah. and then you're just looking around cruising. Now before 
we had to drag around. Now you can put that trolling motor on like 80 or 90 and you can hunt. And that, that is what I do like about that. It makes me want to even fish the St. Clair. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. We'll get a quick break and then we'll come back more with Chad Pipkins. He'll tell us uh, about his uh, injury and what he's looking forward to for the upcoming 2024 season of redemption for him. This is Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me. It's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G-Man. This is the same gear Gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at Lake Fork last season. Look for them this spring. John Cruz and Missile Bates have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Baits to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Baits. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Baits is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to missilebaits.store to learn more. That's missilebaits.store. Tom Abraham here for my friend Brian Hamaker and his team at North Alabama Mortgage. Look, buying a home is the biggest purchase you will make in your life, and it can be a bit intimidating, so you want people that can help walk you through the mortgage process and get you the best deal possible. That's what North Alabama Mortgage does, and they do it in Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida, from first-time purchases to refis, conventional, VA, FHA, and USDA loans. They have the solution at North Alabama Mortgage. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com to learn more. That's NorthAlabamaMortgage.com. There's so much to do, see, and experience in Anderson, South Carolina. Plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to Lake Hartwell, boating, fishing, hike and bike the nearby trails, experience some history, and after, enjoy the numerous restaurants, shops, and experiences Anderson has to offer. Visit Green Pond Landing right there on Lake Hartwell. Perfect launch point for pleasure boating, fishing, kayaking, or just a nice walk beside the water. Come see why Anderson is called South Carolina's Bright Spot. Check it out at visitanderson.com. That's visitanderson.com. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Square Bells, and the Shad Wrap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinner baits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com and start catching more fish. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. Welcome back. Final segment of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. We are visiting with Chad Pipkins, Elite Series Pro, and he just gave us a tutorial on forward-facing sonar. Of course, he's a Michigan pro, so, you know, things up there are a little bit different for those of you that live in the Mid-South or down in the Florida or, or Southern Texas or those areas. Um, what What is fall? for us and what is fall for chad pipkins and what is winter are all different things and i know the water's not hard yet up there chad and it's been some 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 warm times but your fall fishing late fall fishing is is a lot different i would imagine the water temperatures here in the tennessee river area we're, we're in still in the mid 60s 62 63 degree water but i would imagine it's a it, you know you're seeing probably some 40s up there now no yeah, I, I haven't been out uh, this week or was it last week? 
did it last, out last week or the week before, but it was it was like 52 there. It's probably upper 40s, around 50 right now. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's really good. The only problem I've had, like again, trying to balance life, family, work, you know, injury, whatnot. Sure. I want to get out there because it has been unbelievable. But it's been so dang windy. It's been hard to get out because like the fishing has been absolutely unbelievable on Lake Erie. Big ones and like lots of numbers. A couple of buddies had, you know, 30 pounds last week. A couple seven pounders are caught. I have still never caught a seven pound smallmouth. So many six and a half pluses, yeah. but no sevens. And I knew two people that caught sevens last week and I didn't go out. Well, and, and I think that for our listeners that are in that area of the country that are listening out of Detroit or some of other we're great stations that we have up in the, in the Great Lakes area, you do have to be extra careful when you're talking about big water and now it's cold big water. You really do need to be smart. And if there's any kind of, you know, keep that jacket on. If there's any kind of chop, things like that, you got to be very, very careful because I grew up on the shores of Lake Ontario, actually. So I know how quickly a Great Lake can turn on you and it can get dangerous when that water's cold. 100%. It's just a different time of year, like where you could get in trouble. You, you want to be out there with somebody if you can. Want to keep your phone dry if you need to call somebody. Keep an extra clothes on. If you go in, like you can get in trouble if you're out yeah. 10 or 12 miles and you went in, even if you got back in the boat. Like it's a long way back. It's rough, windy. And the dumb thing I always talk about is the, 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 the flow right sea lock plug. Like if you don't put your drain plug in and you go out and you find out when you're out there, it can be literally life threatening versus if you could just turn a dial and turn the thing back on. Like that stuff makes a difference. And yeah, you definitely it's enjoyable time because it is some of the best fishing. But you definitely, like you said, want to pick your days and be safe. I always wondered about that. Why why we couldn't run our drain plug from inside the boat? You know what I mean? Why we couldn't put it in and put it out from inside the boat? I mean, you get you can yeah. <laughs> I, you, I, that's what I got to do. I got to get the. Is that something that can be retrofitted into a boat? Like if you if, yes, there's I, a whole yeah. It's easy. I get one on every year. They come standard with some boats. Some other boats you just put them on. They're like I think like eighty bucks. I got to get one. I got, I'm, I'm too old to be climbing underneath my boat, you know, to check the plug. And, and so right. I, even, even in Tennessee, you know, we'll get those cold nights and you want to make sure that plug is open and you don't want to bursting any pipes or whatnot in your in yeah, the system. You're in the complaining bone. when the water's 71 instead of 81. I'm talking like 39 <laughs> yeah. instead of 60. Okay. Yeah. yeah we don't want to know about that. Yeah. I'm not drilling holes anymore. I gave that up long time ago, <laughs> but that's for sure. Chad Pipkins with us here. All right. Uh, injury play year for you last year. I mean, look, you're, you're 40 now. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, uh, you're, you're spring chicken you anymore. You have to tell everybody, You're man. 40. No. He's 40. He looks like he's 30, but he's 40, Chad Pipkins. Dang it. So the body starts to be, you, you used to play hockey, and, and uh, but the fishing, the repetitive motion, just talk about this this fisherman's elbow. It's similar to tennis elbow, I guess, but this this condition that you fought all season and that you've been getting treatments for, um, it, you know, uh, on a regular basis to try and get it right. It is. I mean, it's funny and not funny because it is. You get older and like before you're bulletproof, and and I, I had time to be in the gym more and stuff. I think that's it's a combination of all that. You know, your kids get young, you're busy, you're tossing in the air, picking them up, setting the hook a bunch with drop shots, small mouths up and down. I've had so many people reach out. Like we live as he's got it bad right now too, and he's like, let me know what you're doing because I'm in. And it's just it's just that what we do day to day, like the repetitiveness and the awkward motion, if you're not doing stuff to counteract that on the other days, like you're going to have problems. It's just when they happen. And right. I had it bad once 10 years ago and this year it got really bad. And at the end of the season at um, New York, it came to an head. And I just, I literally, I was wearing the, the wristband thing in the forum and I, I, I was bad. The next day I went to get up and grab my phone. Could not, I dropped it, could not pick it up. I just couldn't grip and My hand was wide and it's gotten a little better since been doing some PT, like, acupuncture, needling stuff, cupping, and just a whole bunch of different things. And uh, I've heard really good things about this plasma replacement stuff. And a lot of guys, anglers, and a lot of athletes get it done. And uh, I'm going to hopefully try that here next week and just to jumpstart the healing process. And then use what I learned in PT stuff. Like you've got to actively do something to stay healthy. And that's as you get older, as you fish longer, like something's going to give. <laughs> and um just need to take that, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day, whatever it is, to do the arm stretches, the forearm stuff, the exercises. That way, when you get into that season and you've got four weeks in a row, your body's used to it and you don't have all that inflammation. So fingers crossed we can uh, take care of this problem and then we can come back next year just like we did in 2019 and 
just get after it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you say that about, you know, being an athlete, because some of you guys like yourself and uh, Brandon Polinick and, and others, you look at him and you say, yeah, that's an athlete. That looks like an athlete. But some of the guys, I mean, come on, Hackney and, and John Cox and, <laughs> and, and uh, Frank Daly and some of the guys. Tell that to them. Yeah, I know. I know. But I mean, I, I resemble those guys. So I can say this, you know I mean? I'm like those guys and I have never had any of those physical ailments, but I'm not out there 250 days a year like you guys are. And I'm also, like I said, I I spend a lot of time pitching and a lot of time flipping and a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe I'm not having a motion that is uh, troublesome. Tell me about what are the things that are most problematic, you know, firing long uh, crankbaits and cranking those things, jerkbaits and, and, and of course, uh, drop shotting. What are the things that put the most strain on your body? It's funny you say that because John Cox is, you know, dragging around a wacky arm and just relax, and I'm out yeah. there firing a jerkbait around. The jerkbait is probably the worst on mm -hmm. shoulders, limbs, like that repetitive snapping with the wrist. And I have good wrist strength, and it's funny because, like, I can snap that jerkbait down, and I can pull my right arm, like, across my body to set the hook, like, with my bicep. Mm -hmm. But if I try to snap the jerkbait up, which is usually you're, like, down, down, up, that upping motion, I can drop the rod. Or if I try to set the hook, away from my body, that outer arm, it's that little motion. I mean, it is terrible. Like the spinning rod, when I talked to Lee Livesey, his went down, same thing, me in New York, practice for three days, drop shot in a bunch, catching a pile of fish straight up and down in the boat is about as bad as it can get. Because you're, you're literally, your arm is away from your body, you're straight up into the air, and it is all that forearm and a constant pulling on that tendon. Com combining that drop shot motion with the jerkbait motion, that's what threw mine off the ledge. And, and that's pretty much it. And I mean, I talked to Carl Jakobsen as well. He's had the PRP done on his neck and had wonders with it. When his forearm got bad was when he finished second at uh, Sandy Cooper in the fall. And it was, you mentioned flipping and pitching, which isn't a big deal, but it was, he was heavy punching. Yeah. It's that same motion. You've got that rod up, you've got an ounce and a half, two ounce weight. And it's just that little pull, like pulling it down to the mat up repetitive yeah. hundreds of times a day. And all of a sudden, it locks up, and dude, it, it's it's bad pain when it when it gets like that. Well, not to mention, you know, when you're talking about the St. Lawrence or being out in Lake Ontario. I mean, let's be honest, the five pound smallie will pull the scales off a five pound largemouth. I mean, you're you're talking about you're talking about snapping that that rod up, and and you feel like you got a cinder block. You know, it's 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 a it's just an incredible battle, and those things will tear you up a little bit. So you get beat up by the smallmouth. That's what it is, basically a five pound. Yeah, smallmouth it's not even you. the five pound. I mean, it's yeah. just. It's Any how of many fish you catch. <laughs> yeah. It's how many you, because you go out and practice. Like we go to other places in the spring and largemouth stuff, you're shaking fish off here, there. Yeah. You know, you're getting a few bites here and there. You go up there and like you're just trying to find big fish and you have to catch them to find that. So you might go out and practice, you might catch 40 or 50 fish. And if you're doing that every day, like it, it wears that arm out. Bad. I got to tell you, most of the people listening to you right now are not going to complain they're if they're so catching 40 sorry. or 50 fish. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, God, <laughs> I wish I could fish 40 or 50 fish in my life. But uh, Jeff Pipkin, right? so. and then, But then the next day you can't do your job. That's that's what now like I'm realizing, like, hey, I love it, but I, I got to figure it out, too, because I got to do better at taking care of myself. Because in the end of the day, if I can't get out there and fish effectively, can't do my job. Like, that's literally how I support my family. So as fun as it is to go fishing – I need to figure this out and, and get healthy and stay healthy. And when I first met you, you were just supporting you. I mean, there was no wife. There was no kids. Now it's a whole different Chad Pipkins uh, at age. Did I mention you're 40 now? I just I thought I'd slip that in there. He, 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 gotta, he throws that in again. I'm going to throw fun. that in there. just turned 40. Just turned 40. I've still been so. 30, and my 30 is way longer than 40. So technically, I'm closer to 30 than 40. My wife would give me so much crap because that's why I talk. I'm, I'm, I'm at glass half full. I'm like, I'm kind of closer to 30s more than 40 because <laughs> i've been in my 30s so long even though i'm 40 right you have like uh, you're in the wheelhouse though for your for your tournament fishing career i mean you you know it, it really you know the next 10 years this is an opportunity for you to do some uh serious damage and look uh we're looking for you to get back uh climbing that list get way up high in that aoa standings get back into the classic do all those things that we're used to seeing out of chad pipkins you'll see him as well fishing the St. Croix Opens in Division 3, which we would typically call the Northern Swing of the Opens. We're looking forward to that as well. And Pip, appreciate you so much. You always got such great information for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you out on a trail in 2024. 
Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me, man. I'm gonna be ready. Gonna try to have fun as usual. Always stay positive out there and have a good time. But we got we got some work to do this year, man. I'm a little little bummed how 23 went. So we're gonna make up for it in 2024. Right. Get after it. Appreciate you. So it's one of my favorite guys, Chad Pipkins. I love talking to that guy. He's so got such a great attitude. All right, that's gonna do it for today's edition of a Bassmaster Radio. So until next time, keep those lines tight and nets heavy. I'm Tom Abraham. This has been Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network.